WMUN, all kinds of people, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz, getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to All Kinds of People, WMUN 92.5, the talk of Muncie. I am with Tierra Hicks, a Muncie native, hometown person. And if you're up early in the morning and looking for caffeine and happen to drop by the Rosebud Cafe, you might see... Uh, Tierra there because she owns, operates, runs uh, Rosebud Cafe. Tierra, thanks for bringing that cup of coffee to Woof Boom Studios this morning. <laughs> You're welcome. And joining us on the air. Thank you for having me. So uh, I'm always fascinated by the guests we've had on who are Muncie natives. Okay. Go back in time and reflect on some of the changes you've seen in Muncie and then dabble a little bit in your early days in Muncie, back in elementary school and a little bit. What's so it been like? So it's going to be like a car ride with my kids when I drive around and tell them where I used to go oh, or what I used to do. that would be perfect. Do. Okay, let's <laughs> roll down the windows. Okay, we're on this car ride We're, we're in a little car ride here. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I was fortunate enough to be raised out in the country. So I was in the Selma area through my like elementary days. Okay. And then I moved to the Cowan area, which isn't a real area because it and didn't we, have a post office. Yeah, was part of this farming? <laughs> we did not farm. No, okay. I, I always lived in, in a ranch in a neighborhood kind of thing. Um, but my parents just chose to have us in the county school system. That was their choice. Um, so I had an opportunity to, to kind of live on the outskirts of Muncie. And so then we came to town um, whenever we came into Muncie. And, you know, I've had an opportunity. I was on the south side. Um, that's part of the reason why the coffee shop is on the south side and, and really working at kind of revitalizing it and bringing an awareness to the side of town that I feel like has been forgotten through the transitions. But, you know, we had the opportunity growing up in the 80s. So factories galore and the mall was a big deal oh, the, mall, the yes. mall was a big deal and mcgalliard was the like the life the of super highway yes it was the life of muncie and the bypass was the biggest road i'd seen before 465 <laughs> and um siblings I do. I have a brother, Doug, who is 18 months younger than myself. Okay. But due to births and timing in school, he ended up being three years behind me in school. So, okay. yep, just the one. Yeah. And then at Cowan High School, I know you were involved in the color guard for a mm -hmm. while. What other kinds of things did you tinker with at Cowan? Anything socially related. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I was all about building my social circle um, and having my group of friends. I loved 
being a part of all cliques and all groups and just talking to everyone. And I think that, again, kind of fosters where I'm at with the coffee shop and bringing people together and enjoying seeing people coming together. And um, part of my youth, um, not through school, but I worked at the Little Oakville Cafe from like the age of 12 till I was 18 and graduated high school. And again, I got an opportunity to meet a lot of the folks that were from the area and um, just seeing the the farmers come together with the, the the folks that lived in the neighborhoods, and again, just that combination. Yeah, um, you you've had a career path before <laughs> this full time coffee gig um, of being a director of human resources. Mm-hmm. Um, what what led you into that career path? Yeah, so I always wanted to own my own business. When I was little, I would set up a little desk and an office, and um, it was the 80s. So I made potpourri, I groomed dogs, I babysat, you name it. I did all kinds of crazy things. Did we find you in the front yard with a lemonade stand (laughs) in the whole I did not do the traditional lemonade stand. No, I had to do it my way. So, you know, it had to to be a little off the beaten path. Um, And so I I had that desire to go into business. And so I always thought I was going to be a businesswoman. Um, I didn't know that the title was an entrepreneur. It was just a businesswoman growing up. And um, then my grandfather, who used to work on a farm, he was a manager of a farm. I would have to go work there. And every time I would complain or gripe about being hot or not liking the physical work, he would say, fuss butt, if you don't like it, then go to college. (laughs) And so I knew I was going to be on the path to going to college and needed to try to figure out what I wanted to do. And because I wanted to own my own business, um, I went into school to get a business management degree. Right, I which came, you did. I got it. I achieved that through Indiana Wesleyan. I did their working adult program and got a job as an office manager. And Indiana Wesleyan offered me an opportunity to come back and get an MBA. You did get your MBA. And I accepted that opportunity. And um, I had to pick a focus. And in my current job where I was working as an office manager, my favorite thing about that job was the people. I got them a benefits plan. I got them 401k. Um, I just really focused on creating a better work environment and culture and, and working on the retention. And this was a construction company. So it was 30 guys and me. And they hadn't had anybody give two craps about them prior to me. Um, and so when I left, they brought me flowers and cards and they said nobody was going to care about them the way I did. And I just kind of really fell into my calling of caring for others and people. Um, hate blood, hate needles because I considered nursing, but those two things derailed that path. Um, so I just decided human resources. It was the people side of the business. I just kind of find it fascinating how the guests we've had on the show, like yourself, find a little niche in school <laughs> <laughs> and then go on to get the MBA and then take those skill sets and benefit other people yeah. at their companies um, through the work that they do there which is clearly the path that you went about doing. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of find it interesting, I guess, uh, given the nature of your background, what was the real influence of Grandpa? Besides letting you know that you could sweat once in a while and get some work done. But <laughs> um, so he played a huge 
part in my life. Um, my, both of my grandparents did. They were, they were my mom's parents, um, and they lived here in Muncie. And um, they were, I, I always say, I could do no wrong. Um, they held me to a very high regard and loved me unconditionally. So I was so blessed, my brother and I, um, to have such wonderful grandparents to be a part of our life and add to the family that we had with, with my mom and dad. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with them. It was my favorite place to be, my favorite place to go. And my grandpa kind of inspired this hospitality in me and the the whole caring about myself piece of it because I named Rosebud after him. Okay. So his nickname was Rosebud. And he always invited everybody who came over to come inside, have a cup of coffee, sit at the kitchen table, and just mm. get to know you and have conversation. We started every morning on the weekends that I stayed with them, sitting at that table, reading the newspaper and planning our adventure for the day and what we were going to get into. And so coffee facilitated the conversation and the table and just that welcoming, homey atmosphere. He always stopped and helped anybody on the side of the road. He didn't know a stranger. He told every woman that he saw how beautiful she was just to make her smile. He just was the best example of a good person. <laughs> and he wasn't perfect and he had his flaws, but... Um, no, but talk he, about a positive impact. He, he did. You know, every phone call I talked to him, when I would call, it was... Um, that how pretty I was today and to keep smiling and he just always left you with a positive note. Yeah, that has to be a very good feeling. We're, we're talking with Tara Hicks, everybody, who um, is moving on with a little entrepreneurship venture on the south side of Muncie with the Rosebud Cafe. And when we come back, um, I want to get a little bit more into um, a few activities back in high school, but I want to really get into some of the things that you do away from that coffee shop once you get your caffeine fill for the day. Thank you. So stay with us, everybody, on WMUN 92.5. It's Dr. Joe saying we'll be back after this break. WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to All Kinds of People, WMUN 92.5, the talk of Monday. And we're with Tara Hicks. Thank you. If you go to Rosebud Coffee, um, Tara runs Rosebud. <laughs> uh, nice venture for her. Thank you. And Tara, um, I want to guess, take a look at what does it mean for you to have white belt certification? Ah, oh, I pulled that one out of that you, old hat, you didn't I? did. Yeah. You've been LinkedIn digging. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, that just seemed white belt certification. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was about um, project management. And so much, um, whether it's my entrepreneurial venture, my personal ventures, my my HR ventures, you know, it, it's always a, a project. And so I wanted tools to see that I'm all about working smarter, not harder. And I wanted to make sure that I was utilizing the tools that were available. And Ivy Tech offered a free white belt certification. I just went for the day. Um, at their Anderson location, and it was an opportunity to get a preview to it and see if that was maybe something I had more interest in following up on, 
or nope, I'll just get my certification and bounce. And that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) So you went through with it and got it. I got it. I, I spent the day, got my training. I have a um, understanding of project management at a much higher level, and it is not my jam, but that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, your career path in human resources and with your MBA degree yeah. leads you into an area of leveraging talent, developing talent, nurturing talent. Um, what's this next step going to be for your career path while you're trying to help revitalize the South Side with your coffee venture? Yeah. Um, where do you think that's all going to kind of get put into a situation making you um, available to other individuals for a variety of either consulting work or some help along that line? Yeah, so that's part of my my journey um, is figuring out how all of the information and, and knowledge and networking and, you know, friends and, and where does this all come together and how does my puzzle fit and, and what is that going to look like? So you talked about talent. I absolutely love coaching and developing folks. Um, I love getting them, you know, from the kind of the beginning stages to helping them figure out where their path is going to lead them and how to utilize their skill sets. I really enjoy from a recruiting standpoint, um, getting to know an organization and then figuring out the talent that they're missing and what pieces we need to plug in, but also the personalities of the people. Just because you have a degree in engineering doesn't mean you're going to work well within this particular team. So, you know, it's getting to know some figuring out the personalities, utilizing tools and assessments. I'm a geek over those things. Um, and, and building really strong teams that collaborate well and then, of course, are effective and, and productive and, and getting the business the results that they want to see. I'm a fixer. I can't help it. Um, I wish sometimes I could just ignore it, um, but I'm absolutely a natural-born fixer. And so I don't exactly know how all of these tools are going to come together, but um, I've enjoyed the journey of collecting them, and I'm an, I love to continue to learn. So I'm always reading a book on development and, and a book for pleasure. Um, I'm watching documentaries. I think there's no better way to learn than somebody else's past. You know, my grandpa used to say all the time or my mom said all the time, there's nothing you're going to do that I haven't done. <laughs> Oh, that's a good line. I like that line. Yeah, well, she used it. My mother did a lot when I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to outsmart her um, in any of my tricks. Yeah. But there's there's some wisdom to that. They have done it before. And what can I learn from them so that I don't make the same mistakes or I improve upon what they figured out? Um and so that's that's where I'm at. I don't have it clearly defined. I just think that I have an opportunity to offer a lot. Um, to whomever I can help and support. TR, given your background in human resources and development, what do you think some companies are lacking when it comes to caring for employees? And I'm I'm not necessarily looking at overall benefits per se, but clearly as companies develop and another generation's coming along, who maybe have different expectations of the workplace. Mm-hmm. What do you think you picked up for your years as a human relations director, professional, 
that you think companies ought to think a little bit more about? I say all the time that um, they want all the benefits of being a good employer. Um, they they want the ten- retention. They want the engagement. They want the culture. They want all the benefits of, of being a good employer and having a great team. But what I really see happening throughout my entire career, unfortunately, is the leadership doesn't want to put in the effort that is required to build and then continue to maintain. So a lot of times they bring me in, love the people, set it up, do your thing, and then they want to like be hands off from me and they don't they, that's soft stuff. You know, they, they want to act like I'm in my own little silo and loving people. And unfortunately, it's a team event. Everybody's got to play or it's we're not going to win. And so my biggest struggle throughout my career has been getting the other leaders on the leadership team to see the value of vulnerability and building relationships and stopping and asking somebody how they're doing. And, and when they tell you they're not doing well, it's okay to just offer them a little bit of empathy you don't have to necessarily have a solution. And so I think it's the caring aspect. It's the people. And as these jobs go remote and you don't see everybody face-to-face, you have to be even more intentional with making connections and reaching out to people. And I think that's huge. So I, I think what I'm hearing you say, which I think is a really interesting challenge, is a good team building mm-hmm. to really have a team. <laughs> <laughs> That is all behind the efforts of the company. Yeah. And making sure you take the time to really know who these people are that you're dealing with. Yeah, so I think leadership is a gift. Um, yes, it's a title. Yes, it's more money and the more people who report to you and more delegation and that kind of thing. But my first foray into it, I realized that managing people took more of my time than I ever expected it to do because I needed to have one-on-ones. I needed to talk to them. I needed to help them and remove obstacles so that they could be productive and that my role as that leader was to be there to support my team and to work with my team and achieve the things that I had set for myself as well to accomplish. And it took more time than I thought that that was going to take to be a good leader. And so I just think, like I said earlier, it's a gift when you're in an organization and you've been given a team to lead. That's an honor. And you got to step up and you got to be prepared. But your goal as their leader is to help them be successful. It's not all about you anymore. And you are successful when they're successful. I, 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 I really appreciate uh, you <laughs> saying that quite bluntly, because I do think oftentimes leaders do not take the time to really know who the employees are Mm -hmm. uh, and who their families are and what challenges they face to maybe be a little bit more accommodating sometimes moving forward with some of this stuff. Um, You've been involved for some volunteer work, and I wrote down Muncie Area Youth for Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Why that particular organization? What is it about that? So I was on their board for about four years. Um, I used to attend the bridge and the pastor, Josh Cooper, 
um, was the head of um, Youth for Christ at the time. And my kids were little, and they were in elementary school at Cowan, and I was looking at the extracurricular activities and what was available to them. And unfortunately, in a small school system, you don't have the variety that you do in a larger one. Um, and so it was an opportunity to work with uh, Youth for Christ and look at build, bringing it to the Cowan area okay, and okay. expanding. And when you're finding a little break time, mm-hmm. what do you do with the family? What do you do? In the summer, we float. <laughs> yes. Out to the reservoir. We, I, we find a pool. We find a river. We, we love to float. Um, we love to go out to eat, and we love to antique together. I can actually get my kiddos to come hang out with me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been talking with Tahara Hicks, everybody, the um, owner of Rosebud Coffee Cafe. And um, it's been a delight. I really appreciate you coming into the program. And... Good luck with this venture on the south side. I think it's a significant venture to have for that south side of Muncie. Um, And to all of you, I hope you join us again next week for all kinds of people on WMUN, the talk of Muncie, 92.5.